Hey everybody, Brian Zane here with another edition of Wrestling with Regret. Wait a minute, hang on. Where am I? This isn't this isn't YouTube. This isn't the Cinnabon. Where the hell am I? Gaming Street Irregulars? Well, I know a thing or two about gaming and certainly being irregular, but no, this is not my scene. I'm out of here. <laughs> morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day it is when you listen to this. This is Gaming Street Regulars. My name's James Irish, and joining me is Chrissy Harding. Hi, everyone! And we have, once again, a guest in the digital studio today. Please welcome back to the show, Miss SM Zelda Rules! Hello! Hey. <laughs> Good to have you back. Yes. And t- today we're talking about a game that my first real major exposure to was watching Zelda stream on Twitch. <laughs> it is Final Fantasy IX. Which, in my opinion, is the best Final Fantasy game out there. Don't at me, Final Fantasy <laughs> VII fans, because you know I'm right. <laughs> if... If you are playing along with the Gaming Street Irregulars drinking game, now is the time to take a drink, because Christy said, don't at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I say that all the time, too. Yeah. I, I, I already know that I, that some of my opinions I hold are very controversial. It's kind of like the Chrono Trigger versus Final Fantasy VI, which is better. <laughs> Chrono Trigger all the way. Hell Yeah. Oh. I'll admit I'm a little less uh, defined in my opinions of Final Fantasy. I just tend to say Final Fantasy VI is my preferred Final Fantasy, which meant I was actually fairly at home with a good chunk of Final Fantasy IX, or at least, pardon me, the portion I played. <laughs> yeah, Final Fantasy IX is it's actually it's near to my heart because it's the last one um, that was actually composed by. Uh, Nobu Umatsu. Nobu Umatsu yeah. yeah, he. I mean, I just I've always loved his music, um, you know. And and it's also very cool because um, um, I do like the theme song for this, which is the melodies of life. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. in the theme of it, and I don't know if you picked up on it yet, James. I'm not sure how far how far you got into it. Um, I've made it to Lindholm, which was my initial goal. Okay, so you you aren't to the part, so you you haven't quite hit the part where the full theme of this game is kind of revealed yet. So, okay. spoiler alert! Um, spoil away, spoil away. This is a twenty-one-year-old game that people have had their chances to play it. It's on nobody but me at this point. Yeah. And besides, <laughs> it's a Final Fantasy. We know the good guys are going to eventually win. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's definitely um, several love stories are in are in this, and I think this is one that this is the game that really emphasizes kind of the the themes of love, lost love, and just um, kind of a pro to me loss in general, and kind of how short life is. Because my favorite character in the game is Vivi. 
I love yeah, Vivi. Vivi's the best. I love Vivi because he, he really is the embodiment of of the player character in some ways because this this poor guy has no idea what's going on, has no idea who he is. He's kind of along for a ride, and then when he does get his final reveal of who he is, um, he's pretty much kind of given the um, the advice of your life is so short, enjoy it while you can. Go out in the world and see the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he and he's you know, and and that's why his main reason for sticking with the gang is to live that life and to enjoy his friends because he he because he's the one character that's actually given a very concrete time frame of how long he is to live, um, which is only a year. Um, Eek. Yeah, and then that, and when you get told that in the game, because Vivi, like I said, Vivi is one of my favorite characters. I was just like, no. Yeah, he's the oh. precious boy ever. Yeah. Oh just my god. Like... Definitely top Final Fantasy character for sure. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and he's he like that's. I mean, I just love you know he's he's the black mage with a heart, which just mm. like. Hmm. Hmm. I need to find a Vivi stuffy. I need, <laughs> I, I need one to go with my chocobo. I had a friend that found one in Rochester, and like it was like in the middle of my Final Fantasy IX stream. So he messages me like before my stream that day, and was like, "Hey, I'm like here. Did you want this? It's like forty five dollars. If you wanted to PayPal me, I'm like hell yeah." yeah. <laughs> so he ended up dropping it off in the in the mailbox, like in the middle of my stream that night, and I was like, "Vivi's here!" <laughs> it was like an unboxing, but he was already out of a box. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was great. I love Vivi. He's my favorite. Just. Mm-hmm. And my favorite love story, honestly, everyone is like Garnet and um, Zidane is like their kind of favorite. My favorite actually is Beatrice and, and, Steiner. and Steiner. Yeah. There's some really good ships in this game for sure. Oh, yeah. That's why it's like my favorite game because there's so much <laughs> to unbox. Well, we will get to that unboxing and all the brass tacks of this very deep, what was it, four discs on PlayStation 1? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of ground to cover, and we will do it right after this very short break. Fantasy IX was developed concurrently with Final Fantasy VIII, and the difference between these two games couldn't be more vast. <laughs> it's a lot closer to the old school NES Final and SNES Final Fantasies, much more than eight in that you've got no penalty for leveling it, leveling up. Acquired skills can never be lost. When you get the chocobos, they're easy to come by, and optional events are apparently just that optional. Mhm. Yay! My little chocobo. It it is 
it's very interesting because with Final Fantasy six, seven, and eight, they kind of went for the more futuristic styled game where with nine they went back to their roots going back to the original final fantasy game and being kind of a little bit more medieval um and with the advent of the airships dare i say a little steampunkish yeah yeah Yeah, I, i can absolutely see that you know and this is actually one of the games where it has probably some of the most soothing music um, you'll ever find too, because not everything is doom and gloom and tension. Some of the places that you go and some of the things you do are very have a very calming feel to them. Even though, like, hey, you're here to uh, you got to save the world, but or at least the world of guy Ga- of Gaia. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. One of the twists they have is uh, the world of uh, Tierra, which is kind of modeled a little bit after Earth. Um, if okay. you really look at if you really look at the at the globe, they show you of it. Yeah, Terra is it means Earth actually. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. when first said, I'm like, oh, here comes where Earth plays a part in it. But I'm going to go back to my favorite character, um, Vivi. His name actually translates into Italian of "You live." Okay. Because Vivi is is you live um, when you say someone's because Italians have a tendency to drop the um, pro the the noun and just go with the conjugated version of the verb. Mm-hmm. So when you want to say you know um, like I eat, you don't say io mangio, you say mangio. That's mm-hmm. I'm eating or I'm eat. So it's kind of interesting. For my side of it, it's like, ooh, there's an Italian connection to this character. <laughs> so. so, mechanically, if you've played one Final Fantasy game, you've probably played a solid chunk of them. You know, there are turn-based RPGs where your your success rate will depend on both how high your le- character level is and what you pick up in terms of elemental uh, Weaknesses of opponents and other strategies. Final Fantasy and their ilk are not very twitch, twitchy games, which make them very friendly for the sort of gamer who likes to settle down with reading a good long book. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the best way I can describe it, at least. But and I do mean long. You are in a Final Fantasy game for a long haul, even going back all the way to the first one for the NES. Well, because it's very it's very story driven, and right. that's one of the things I like. If you want a quick, as much as I love Zelda, you want a quick and easy, fast RPG. Which technically it's not an RPG; it's an, it's in the action genre. But Legend of Zelda is a quick one. When mm. you're playing Final Fantasy, please remember you do need to dedicate not to scare you. Because it will be the most fun you had and it will be the most entertaining fun that you have at least a good month of your life to this game. Mm. At least. But I it's going to be... The... Every time I would like press pause, my friend Sylphie would just be like, oh my god, 65 hours. <laughs> like she would <laughs> look at the time that was passed. 
I'm like, yeah, I got like 20 more hours to go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And it's in people like I've had friends who are like, wait, how can you? Um, and I have no attention span. Like I have none. I am ADD to the, to the hilt. <laughs> but if I get a good story in a game, I become, I go into hyper-focus, which yep, is like, hyper-focus, it, yeah. it is that game. Like I am the same. Oh, I'm so glad I found friends. <laughs> I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Um, But, I mean, it is a good... If you are a hopeless romantic, I definitely recommend this game. Because it is... Just the ships in it alone, they're just... They're so cute. And it's not clawingly cute. Now, for those who are not aware of the lingo, uh, when she says ships, she's not talking about schooners. And, and no, I'm talking about sail ships. <laughs> We're talking the warships. Schooner is a sail ship. Warships. <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're not talking the Saint Lawrence sloops here. <laughs> no, we're we're talking about relationships. Mm-hmm. And in, in fan community parlance, that had been shortened to ship. So. So just just to clear up any confusion a layman out there might have. So yeah, so if you ever hear the the saying in any fan community that the ship has sailed, that means that relationship is taking off. Or if the ship has sunk, that means the relationship is dead in the water. The writer <laughs> or the creator has killed it, or the fans have. You know, it's usually one or the other. Yeah. Word of advice, do not talk to a Harry Potter fan about ships. <laughs> no, do, don't talk to a Harry Potter fan about ships sober. <laughs> They're hilarious when you're drunk, but don't do it while you're sober. Okay. <laughs> I, I used to mod in a Harry Potter online community. <laughs> There were many times that those kids would get started. I'm like, hang on. I do not have enough alcohol in my system for this. One second. <laughs> wow. I also wrote Harry Potter fanfic. There. I outed myself. <laughs> I mean, I had a whole fan art thing that I was doing project in high school, Ron and Hermione. So I feel. I probably saw it too. Cause I used to love, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like when I used to, when I wrote back in the early two thousands under, under my moniker that I use when I game Misha Wolf. So you can find it on fanfic. Um, and you can read it and do understand that I'm laughing my ass off with you when you're reading it. And cause I go back, I'm like, God, it was such a dramatic little thing. <laughs> But I used to love looking at the fan art because I can't draw. <laughs> Stick figures <laughs> is the extent of my artistic ability. So I probably, but I always used to eat up all of the fan art that I saw because people who draw, I just, I love that talent. So chances are, if you posted it online, I probably saw it at some point <laughs> and was like, oh my God, I love this artist. Save everything. Um, <laughs> I think that's one of our tangents. Like yep. several. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta get in here. So while she's uh, marking down the hash mark, I want to quickly talk about some more of the game's mechanics because the abil- the way to gain abilities and skills really reminded me of a simplified version of uh, Final Fantasy VI's Magicite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
And and that and that's part of what helped me get hit the ground running so quickly in this game. I was like, okay, this is really familiar territory. It's just it's just instead of having to manage uh, an extra set of items, it's just my usual equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which, I, which helped. Of yeah. course, I was. I'm also using a fact, and apparently, I've already missed some missable items back at the castle in the in the opening. But eh, that's okay. I didn't start using a guide, uh, at least for my replay, um, until I was starting to do chocobo hot and cold stuff because I mm. wanted to get all of them. Once I realized that I liked an, a mini game for once in Final Fantasy, I was like, I need to get every single chocobo hot and cold item in this game. <laughs> yeah, and that. One, but the nice thing about the game is, is that. You have the choice of which side quests you do and which side quests you do not have to do. Yeah. Which is nice. Like for like the game and there's no and there's no penalty for it. Like if you decide to completely skip a full side quest, you're not missing out on any item that's gonna make a difference in the game. Versus like Legend of Zelda, if you don't do the trade quest, you miss out on an actual really powerful item. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I like that you get this ability that you can pick and choose what story you tell in this game, which is nice. Because you're kind of the storyteller. Okay. So I think that's about all we can get out of mechanics. I mean, the main reason you're going to be playing a Final Fantasy game is, is because you fall in love with the characters and you start enjoying the story. Mm-hmm. So... So let's get into them, and the story opens with the a charming, dashing, somewhat girl crazy rogue named Zidane Tribal. Oh, Zidane! Or is it Zidane? They so I was watching something today, and they, and I guess in Dissidia, I never really played Dissidia for too long. Um, they actually say Zidane. Zidane, but I okay. call him Zidane, but I think maybe just because where we live, that's just how we say A's. This is, yeah, yeah that's true. We, we are Western New Yorkers. Yeah. Just don't call it, just don't call it soda, it's pop. <laughs> yeah. But, no, and, and you do, you, you, meet, you meet him with this lovable group of bandits um, who are actually putting on a play. And the play is called The Call of the Canary. No relationship to Dinah Laura Lance. Yes. That's Black Canary from DC Comics. For those who don't know that. Right. AKA me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they're putting on this play. And then they're also trying to kidnap Garnet Till Alexandros the 17th if i'm reading my roman numerals right she is the princess of alexandra yep Um, that is the correct roman numeral yep and so they're trying to kidnap her um and they're actually having somewhat of an easy time of it because the princess (laughs) wants to be kidnapped what a refreshing change of pace i know versus the it it makes her so proactive yeah, she's trying to get out of the castle for her own mission uh, to go see the Regent Sid, which I love that that is still a running thing in every Final Fantasy game is that there has to be a character named Sid. <laughs> I love with a it. C. With a C. 
Um, mm-hmm. And along if it's the way, said with an S, we're getting into Toy Story territory. Yeah, we don't want to go there. Um, and there's a lot more to her than what we're initially told, too. Um, a lot of you know. Then we meet obviously uh, Vivi, um, Albert Steiner, who is actually trying to get her back home, and ends up kind of joining the crew. Um, we meet Freya Crescent, um, who is a dragoon searching for her own lost love. And there's a sad twist with that. When she does find him, he doesn't remember her. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, he doesn't remember. He doesn't remember anything. Um, we also get Queena Quinn, who is a Q, who master, whose master wants him to travel the world so he can learn. We are so he, she, they don't really give you. Um, I always say they, yeah. Yeah, they, they seems most appropriate. They, who, they want them to learn more about cuisine um, because the Qs love good food. And I swear if I was in a Final Fantasy game, I'd be one of these guys because I love good food. We also meet Eco, who is a young girl who lives in uh, Madain Sari, which is known as the land of the lost summoners. And she believes for a good portion of the game that she is the last of her kind. She lives along the she lives along the the Moogles, which are the other absolute cutest characters in the game. <laughs> Thank God they one of the few times they're not trying to hurt you. <laughs> usually usually I, and maybe it's because I come over from the the ma- the mana series where they are actually an oh. enemy. <laughs> and I always hate them like I don't want to hit the Moogle. <laughs> but I know I have to or I'm gonna die but I don't want to do it. Um, and then we also meet a couple of bounty hunters who help out as well. And all this is to try to stop the queen from destroying the other nations, um, which is uh, Queen um, Branny. I always queen Bran Raza Bran. Alexandros the 16th. There you go. I always said Bran. Bran. Um, who is your original and who starts off as the first antagonist in the game. And can I just quickly speak to her character design? There's a phrase in uh, anime and manga fandom called gonk, which refers to an ex- a cartoonishly ugly character. I just... hate... Now, fortunately, this is a fictional character, so we, so we can actually get away with saying this, but Ron... Is very much a gonk. Ron, I when, when I first saw when when I first saw the design, I'm like, that's Garnet's mother. <laughs> and then um and then I saw and then I saw Dragon Ball Z. And we got to the Boo saga. And I'm like, oh my god, he's based off Boo is she's based off of Boo. Because I think the Boo Saga took place before Final was like created before Final Fantasy. Yeah, a couple years or so. I'm just like, oh, I'm like, um, someone better tell you know uh, the Dragon Ball Z creator that someone stole his design. Um, (laughs) But but when you get later in the game, you kind of you kind of learn why the two characters look completely different, like completely different. Also in this time, you also run into uh, General Beatrix, uh, Regent Sid Fabul, who is under a spell by his wife, Hilda, who then disappears. And the reason why he was transformed 
was because he cheated on her. Yeah, they're going full soap opera on us here. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I, I Most people are like, oh my god, that's so harsh. I'm like, nope, that's fair. <laughs> like, I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope, that's fair. But you do eventually uh, get the two to reconcile later in the game because um, Sid has to be human in order to do something to help the party out. Which then, that is one of the side quests you do have to take is finding Hilda. But for majority of the game, the two of them are separated. And it's, not, it's up until this point where it's like, alright, we gotta go find the wife and tell her to change him back. And they don't really tell you how much time passes in the game. It's gotta definitely be under a year. Um, because, like we said, um, uh, Vivi only can live, is only, only has a lifespan of a year. So it's definitely under a year. Um, now, but then when, why is that? Well, spoiler alert, the black mages in this game are manufactured. They're not, they're, they're made. So Okay, that part I did see. Yeah, and Vivi mm. is a prototype. So, I mean, he may have a little bit more time, but... Mostly they are a created creature. They're made from the mist in the game that you keep trying to defeat. So they're they're actually creatures of that mist. The mist is used to make them. Um, so they really don't have a long lifespan because of what they come from. Um, they don't okay. go into too deep of a story about it. They go into a little bit of it when, when you deal with uh, Kuja and Garland. But you really don't get like... They don't really explain why the mist gives them such a short lifespan. It's just that you know that that's a product of how they're created, is they have such a short lifespan. Garland. Now there is a name I haven't heard in a very, very long time. <laughs> because after all, if you are a veteran of Final Fantasy 1, like I was, he's mm. the first boss you encounter in that game, and ultimately the final antagonist as well. Yes. I don't think they're related, though. No, but it is still a fun callback. It is. Well, and there, like I yeah. said, there's certain games that they, there's certain names that in the background that pop up all the time in these games is like a, as a constant theme. Garland is one of them. Sid's one. Um, there's another one that pops up in some of the games, obviously not all of them. Gilgamesh? Maybe. Not quite sure. I know there's a third I, one that pops up. I definitely know that nine was made on like that on purpose where it, it took a lot of previous Final Fantasy games and was kind of making it like a love letter to everything that came before it. Yeah. Um, and, right. That's the other reason and it why was, it's such a good game. I think it was also the last one that the original Final Fantasy like creator was involved with, I believe. Oh, so. um. I forgot his name. Uh, Sakaguchi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hiro Nobu Sakaguchi. I think yes. this was the last one he did. Um, yeah. And then he went on, I don't know if, and I think then he went on to a different, um, he went on to Kingdom Hearts. Yes. So he went, so he went from, he, he went from Final Fantasy to help with Kingdom Hearts and then he left Square. Mm-hmm. And then he founded Mistwalker um, Games. So, yeah, it was the last one he kind of kind of did. 
And then he went on to um, his last one he produced. Oh, that's why everyone loves Lost Odyssey and Last Story. And yeah, yeah, I have Lost Odyssey, the only Xbox game I probably will ever play. <laughs> but I heard it's like so good, and I'm not surprised that he's involved. He was involved with it. Yeah, he was. Time. He was the supervisor. He did the scenario and the and the lyrics for that one, and for Last Story, he was the designer. He designed yeah. Last Story. And then he has another uh, fan. The new one that he did was Fantasian. Mm. Uh, and that's on the um, that's on the Apple. iOS. Yeah. Somebody yeah. told me about it. And I was like, I don't. I don't do. I, like, I love Max. Like, I grew up with them. Um, but I would not play a game that's just on iOS. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. No, he. um. I didn't know he was involved with that, though. That's funny. Yeah, that is. It's almost like it was kind of like he, he's kind of called it his retirement project because he says uh. he's going to step away for a while. And he actually kind of started, he got back, he actually created that based off of playing Final Fantasy VI with some old colleagues of his. So, like, he was actually uh. playing one of his own games when he came up with the idea for um, Fantasian. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's very, I mean, it's very interesting. Yeah, he's he's just an amazing. Like he did Chrono Trigger mm -hmm. and Final Fantasy VI, so he wins either way yep. with that one. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. Yeah. So he also did. It looks like oh, he did um Second Dentsu Three, which is known as yep. Trials of Mana. Which at some point, James, I have to get you to play that game. Finally, okay. it came here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's they did it came as a remake too like oh and Xeno Gears and Parasite Eve as well he was just involved with literally everything yeah it, it looks like yeah. <laughs> like the Sega series Chrono Cross Chocobo Stallion my love my Chocobos come here Chocobo I'm gonna hug you now hmm. okay <laughs> can you tell I have a thing for Chocobos <laughs> like ever since I heard Chocobo Bossa Nova. Like which is which is kind of a fun way taking all the Chocobo themes and turning into kind of like a Bossa Nova theme, and the video they played with it was just so much fun at Distant Worlds, <laughs> and it just reminded me how much I love Chocobos. I really, like I said, I I never was into Chocobo mini games at all until I decided to replay nine as my mod jay she was like you should try chocobo hot and cold and i was like i don't know like i i'm not into final fantasy mini games but i'll, I'll give it a try for you jay and so i just i absolutely loved it and you get such good items you get like like even better items than the the um celestial weapons like it's just insane how good the stuff that you got from those were so i just kept doing it because all you have to do all you have to do is spam a button and just like make a fool of yourself so but if you're having fun doing it are you really making a fool of yourself <laughs> yeah it was so funny because you could in the remaster too you could speed up time so if you really wanted to be fast with it you could just speed do the two times speed and also just try to try to get uh, the the beak in the right area at the right time to get the stuff. So, just it was just a riot. Yeah. So back to our cast of characters. I want I want to talk about Steiner for a second. Does oh, he Steiner. does he become any less thick? Yes. Yes. 
Oh, thank yes. God. I gave him the most derpiest voice ever because he, I, even as a kid, I do remember him being like the stick in the mud. Like he's the, he's the one that's like, oh, we got to go, you know, towards the rules. We can't break the rules guys. Um, but like in then, then eventually he definitely calms down. It's like, (laughs) but he's he's just like, princess, why would you do this? He's basically a mutant cross between Cyan from Final Fantasy VI a tax lawyer, and the Looney Tunes character Beaky Buzzard. <laughs> yeah, and he... He, um... And, and the thing is, is, is you as, much, as dense as he is, he really is probably the most honorable character in the game. Because yeah. he's just doing what his oath told him to do, which is to protect the princess. Mm-hmm. So literally wherever the princess goes, he goes with her and his job is to keep her safe, which is just, which is cute. And his, my, and yeah. My favorite thing about Steiner is that when he meets Vivi and like discovers how great of a mage he is, he's just like all about Vivi and like, just, he, he starts to, you know, care about each of the characters more and more as the game goes on mm-hmm. and like, just wants to protect everyone. And th- that's definitely something that stands out about him like even though he's like oh we need to stick to the rules and everything he he's he really cares about everybody and um he definitely has a lot of good character development everybody has like a lot of good character development in the game for sure yeah and, and the thing is is um he's not as thick as you think like once he realizes what's really going on in the game and the queen's role in some of the bad things that happen like he doesn't just stick with the dying ship he just he's like you know what i'm done i'm just gonna stay completely with the princess right now good but i love that how his how he realizes he loves beatrix comes around is probably the most (laughs) cartoonish thing it's so funny that it's so hilarious i mean you feel bad for eco in all of this but because it's kind of she started it but it's so cute. Is Eco <laughs> writes a letter to um, Zidane, to Zidane, yeah. Zidane, confessing her love to him and saying, "Please meet me at this spot." The problem is, this letter goes into everybody else's hands. It was like telephone with the letter. Yeah, it's like she gives it to one person, who gives it to another. But and I don't think Zidane ever got the letter. Like I don't think he ever. No, he, I don't think he, he, he never received the letter. Um, um, yeah. finds it. and she thinks Steiner wrote it so she goes yeah. there um, and there's just like Eco goes there to, to, to meet up and, and to see you know you know her love interest and then she goes and runs off and hides because somebody's coming but it, and it's not Zidane and then Steiner shows up and then Beatrix shows up and then they you know and it's kind of like you can tell oh. yeah it's like Steiner is like wait what's going on here and then when and Beatrix starts you know, talking to him and confessing her love. And he's like, well, I love you too. And it's, I mean, but watching the whole sequence, you're just like, is this a rom-com right now? Like, I feel like this is a rom-com. <laughs> like it was just the whole, just the letter alone ends up in every other character's hands, but like the person that Eco wanted it to go to. 
And it's kind of, and it's a little creepy in a way because they do state in the game that Iko is not yet even 16. Yeah, Iko is like six, I think. Yeah, she's like, like, she's really definitely under 10. Japan, no. Yeah. So, which is, um, which is probably why, you know, obviously Zidane has no interest in her whatsoever. Like, he cares about her like a little sister, and I think that's about it. I Um, have to tangent here. I, I had to tell when I was in college, I was writing goofy fan fictions of my own. And as a potential love interest, the guy who's now my cartoon podcast co-host, Pemmy, suggested to me this rabbit-eared character from a fighting game named Arena. We discover a few months ago, much to my complete embarrassment, that this character is 14. <laughs> and she does not look 14. Nope. And, and the thing is, is in, um, is, I mean, with Eco, with Eco, they make it very clear that she's very young. Yeah. Um, and they definitely put in perspective when she gets taken by Zorn and Thorn and they're trying to extract her essence. And it's not going well because the character is not yet 16. And they say that. It's like, well, this isn't going to work. She's not 16. We can't get it out of her. She's not 16 yet because um, she's so young. And did they say it like she's not 16? 16, she's not? Um, I forgot how they do say. I want. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. If they didn't go that way, um, Zorn and Thorn remind me a great deal to go back to the um, Legend of Zelda games of Katomi and what's oh what's Katomi's sister's name? The two witches, Twin, Twin Rova. Twin Rova is what she becomes. It's, Koteka, it's Kotake and Kum. I think. I think Kumi. Kumi. Kotako and yeah. Kotake. Yeah. Like those that those two characters are just remind me of Twin Rova. <laughs> yeah. Because- Actually, like there's a boss battle too where they combine. And my friend was like, Twin Rova. I was like, oh my god, it does look like Twin Rova. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Like, like when I saw it, I was just like, is this like Final Fantasy's version of Twin Rova? Like, <laughs> they're a little bit more formidable looking than Twin Rova was, but at the same time, they're dumber because they keep yeah. trying to do the same. Like, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. <laughs> And they keep trying to do the same ritual over again and expect different results. And it's like, oh, guys, just, just, just get a new one. You need, you need, get it, get a new gimmick, please. <laughs> so. Yeah, Vivi is nine and Aiko is six. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the youngest of the, the group. So that means Vivi lived for like nine years by this point. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, which makes it interesting when they say they don't. Now that really is like, ooh, is this a plot hole? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's mainly like a play on like Vivi is definitely way more sentient than all the other ones. Yeah, Vivian. So he probably just he probably because he has way more emotion than them. He just la- he lasted a lot longer. Yeah, I mean, they did say because he's the prototype, his his rules are changed a little bit because he's not yeah. like the rest. Um, also, another interesting thing with Steiner is you get to change his name. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do yeah. that with, with just about all the characters when you get a certain level of choice with them. 
Yeah. Well, the although thing in is, Garnet's case, it's a nickname. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, is um, in the game, they let you choose his name, but it's his last name that you're choosing. You're not choosing his first name. His first name will always be uh, Adelbert. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it, funny. Yeah. Which is just like, <clears throat> oh, dude, you're never going to get away from that. Yeah, but but it, I think it's Steiner that is the name that uh, has more get away from that meaning to me personally as somebody with a pro wrestling fandom. Because when I hear Steiner, mm-hmm. I think that over-muscled oaf, Scott. Oh, Scott Steiner. Uh, I'm going to, one of these days, Zelda, I'm going to show you the Steiner math promo and you will, your head will explode. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's, it's, it's something else. But, but speaking of Garnet or Dagger, which which is the name she picks up along the way as as part of her disguise. So it turns out she's a powerful summoner, which is something in terms of gameplay mechanics. You can kind of tell right away because she's the only person in your start in your starting combat party who has summoning magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she but, um. You go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, no, you, you, you go right ahead. You know more what you're talking about than I do. No, I actually lost my thought. That's what I'm saying. Go ahead. Like I had it and then it went, <laughs> like it just went out the window. It just flew away. Oh, Chocobo. <laughs> there we go. That was my thought. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, one of the things that they run into is, is, um, she is a summoner, but, and I, it's interesting is the story about what happened to her horn. Because even Eco is like, well, but where's your horn? Like, when they're like, oh, you're a summoner. And they're like, but where's your horn? Like, and we find out that Dr. Um, Tot was actually asked by the king to cut her horn off so he could adopt her. Which is interesting. Dr. Tot in this game is kind of like, you know, the, um, he's kind of the know-it-all. Okay. I gave him a British accent. Oh, you did? <laughs> I, that would fit. <laughs> yeah, because, like, he's very, like, he's the one that you, he helps, you know, Eco write the love letter. Um, he's the one who tutored Garnet as a little girl. Like, the group constantly goes to him um, for questions about everything. Like, if, oh, we have a question? You go find Dr. Tot. Mm. You're looking for this? Go find Dr. Tot. Like, after disc two, like, he becomes kind of, like, if you're lost in your quest and you need a hint, you go see Dr. Tot. <laughs> so. uh, I have a question about Dr. Tot. Was his father's name Tater? <laughs> I wish. I love Tater Tots. <laughs> oh, Tater Tots. Mm. Nope, but, but you know what? Let's make that, that is now officially my head canon. <laughs> Dr. Tot's father's name was Dr. Tater. <laughs> And he is I don't a, think Dr. Tot has a first name, so I mean, even his name could probably be mm, Tater. His first name is Tater. <laughs> That's New well, Hate Cannon. He is Dr. Tater Tot. Oh, look what I've created. <laughs> New Head Cannon achieved! <laughs> I also like the fact that uh, the Terra, the Terrians, um, they're actually called genomes, which at the time that this game was made, this is my 
science crazy part coming out. This is actually in year 2000 was when they actually finished mapping the human genome. Oh. So I love the fact that they kind of, these this race that is supposed to be from Earth, also known as Terra, um, yeah. is called the genomes, which at this time, the Gen human genome project was finishing up and was being published. So that's super cool. Yay for my biology background. Yeah. I also love that they named a chocobo in this game, Bobby Corwin. I know, yeah. I have um I don't know if you guys know Nikki Nevermore, but she's um she's a cosplayer in like Ithaca area, Syracuse ish, and uh she she named her bird Bobby Corwin after the chocobo. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, is there an inside joke to this name? No, it's no. just the only chocobo that has a name. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay then. At least in nine, yeah. Well, it's it's a, it's actually a play on words and a reference to Final Fantasy V, which the first two letter of each word makes the name Boko, which was the name of Bart's chocobo in the fifth installment. Oh, the and only thing I know about five is that the main character's name is was originally butts and that um it's the original class uh gameplay battle style mm -hmm. the jobs i don't think i'll ever play it because of that because 10-2 was hard for me i can imagine five would be really hard for me too oh yeah if you're not if you're not used to that that gameplay style it, it's rough yeah like i tried to do it and then i'm like this is not my game style now this is this is someone this is several of my friends game style but it's not my game style. I didn't know that that was a, a reference to Five. Actually. Yeah, it, it, I just looked it up here under the name Bobby Corwin. I'm like, oh, because Eco even jokes why the mages always call him Bobby Corwin by by his full name. Like they don't give him a shorter <laughs> name. She's like, she jokes about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and he actually and that that same chocobo apparently. Um, kind of grows attached to the genomes when they come to live at the Black Mage Village. Because eventually the genomes that do survive end up at the Black Mage Village living with the Black Mages. Yeah, the, the, the way they interact is very interesting. Mm -hmm. And also, and I think the cutest thing is they did give um, Kujo, Kuja and Zidane a little sister. They mm -hmm. did give him a little sister named Mikoro. So yeah, I actually... Cute. I feel like I had a friend that cosplayed that character. I didn't realize it was from Final Fantasy IX until yeah. replaying it. Because originally when I was a kid, I hated this game. I I struggled to get to the Desert Palace, and I followed a walkthrough, and I could not light the candlesticks correctly. So that was a big part when I streamed it. Because I'm like, I don't know anything about the rest of this game after this. So when I lit the last candlestick and the boss appeared, I was like, this is it. I have no idea what the rest of this game is about. Yeah. So, and seeing all that like was so cool. I had no idea that such a, such a like very old style, old school style Final Fantasy game turning into kind of steampunky at the end was like, I wasn't expecting that at all. Oh no. And, um, She's actually the one that brings uh, Kuja kind of back to Earth a little bit, too, where, every, you know, because Kuja and um, Zidane, they're actually brothers. 
they're they're technically brothers and she technically That's like the big spoiler yeah game, that was the yeah. big spoiler of the game is that the two of them I have are no brothers. idea i can't believe i've spent you know however many long this the years this game came out without knowing that when that happened i was like wait what <laughs> yeah. and that they're the, and that they're the angels of death there's uh kuja is the first angel of death and if he fails then zidane is supposed to be the second angel of death and if the two of them completely screw it up Mikoto is supposed to finish what they start. But the thing is, and, and come on, Garland, dude, you, you've been doing this for how long? You should know by now. When you give something a soul, they're going to have their own thought process. They're going to have their own thing. And, and really, I mean, other, other than Kuja, who throughout his, towards the end of the game, his whole thing is, if I'm going to die, you're all dying with me. Up until the very end when his little sister tells him, you're wrong, this isn't right. And, and he starts to have a change of heart. And she, But she does tell them that you gave them hope because at the end when he does change his color, it kind of gives the genomes hope that you know they will survive. There's hope for the future. They don't have to keep the cycle of death going. And then Zidane goes back in to save him. And then we don't know what happens to them until the very end of the game. Which we still don't know what happened to Kuja by the end of the game. Hmm. Oh, so. that's that's interesting. Uh, now, tell me a little bit about Freya. Give me something to look forward to when I pick the game back up in a couple days. Oh, Freya, she's cool. She she's is like cool. super badass. <laughs> yeah, she she is she is very awesome. Like she is. She doesn't let anything get her down for long. Actually, you're going to be going into a lot of her backstory soon. Okay. Yeah, from where you are. So she you you she is very she's very much not a damsel in distress. At all. All right. Um she her home mission is to find um Sir Freightley, which is the gentleman that she was in her lover. Um, who left on a mission, never came home. So she went, she actually is going out to find him or to find out what happened to him. When you meet her, she's in um, Lindblom to actually compete in the Festival of the Hunt. She does a, you know, she and she's just, she's just a cool character. Um, she's a very strong female character, very strong and very serious. She, she's definitely... She's definitely a good straight man to to uh, Striner. Okay. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite lines in the whole game was when you play as Vivi at one point, and he's like going around Limbloom, like by himself, just exploring, and the lady's just like talking about, like, "Yeah, there's a festival going on. It's got a lot of animals," and Vivi's like, "Animals? That sounds great! Like so much fun! Thanks, bye!" And then she's like, "Did I say animals again? I didn't say that. There's like they're like fighting them. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> Vivi's just like so excited, like animals! Yay! It's like I get to see animals." <laughs> It's just little things like that. It's just so cute about the game. Yeah, you, and you just sit there and you're just like, oh my, like you just want to be like, oh, Vivi. You're so cute. <laughs> but, you know, and as much as by the end of the game, by the end of the game, it is implied that Vivi has passed on, which is heartbreaking. But then you get to meet his sons. Because Vivi has kids. <laughs> Hubba what? There we go. 
That was the reaction I was looking for. Cloning cloning at its finest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So they do imply that he does have sons, um, quotation marks around the sons, and you just see these cute little black mages acting just like he did come running onto the screen, and you're just like, oh, (laughs) there's more VVs. (laughs) Please tell me these ones at least have a longer lifespan. I assume that they We assume so. That, like, they would figure that out. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, and it's just very, very much themes of life, life, death, redemption. This one is, this game here, I think, deals more with the themes of life, life and death more than I think the other games do. Yeah, I agree. But it does it in such a way that it's not depressing. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's more. It's like really wholesome, rather yeah. than like emo, like Final Fantasy VII. Like, oh god, there was so much of that emo I could take. I? Yeah, it's oh, like- so much philosophical, melodramatic, existential crisis in seven. Even though but when we do me VV, he is going through like a small existential crisis of who is yes. he? Because at this point, he's never met another black mage. Yeah, it, it's just been him. At least he's like cute. Yeah, he's like, extreme. Cloud, Cloud is just like God. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> not interested. Yeah. Cloud, Cloud is just that is that fifteen year old teenager who knows it all and doesn't just want to deal with anything. Yeah. Hot <laughs> like, take. Hot take. Hot Cloud take. did not deserve Aerith. No. <laughs> I always, I mean, I've always, the- I've always shipped him with Tifa. Because yeah, if anyone, because yeah, I feel like Aerith and Zach is Aerith and Zach are way more. It makes more sense. Yeah, Aerith. Er- yeah. er- I mean, I I've always seen his relationship with Aerith as like kind of like either it's like a brother sister type thing. Yeah, you know. Well, I I I've I've got a tangent now. I used to RP with my first boyfriend, and I had an original character that I threw in um, to the Final Fantasy VII kind of story. And so, like, she was with Cloud after the events of Seven. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't ship Cloud with anyone. <laughs> I was one of those nerds. Well, you know, it's like I, I was kind of one of those people where um, I first was like, I kind of shipped Eris with Sifiroth. <laughs> yes. I just, just to me, I'm just like, I'm just like, ah. Oh. That took a dark <laughs> turn. It did, like it did, like it was like it was like that doomed relationship. And then I, I know there was a guy online who drew a comic about they're like why Sipperoff really killed Eris. She was pregnant. Oh God. Yeah, and it was like this really like what? But it was what like. By the way, that's some of the stuff you will find in the fandom. Run while you still can. Um, yeah. Type situations. Like like right now, Zelda's running for it. Um. <laughs> no, my heater's like breaking. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. What is it? Everything's breaking today. First James's router. Your heater. What's going to break in my household? You better behave, computer. I don't need you breaking. Oh my gosh. So are there any memorable boss fights for the two of you? Well, I 
I'm trying to think of when I first got a game over. Um, it wasn't for a bit, but what I had trouble with was that it, it, it was a lot like six, but worse, I feel. And I, when I went through it, uh, every boss fight kind of like was forced on you without, but sometimes they weren't, you weren't warned um, and you weren't, especially the, the party would change without your warning and without your customization. And I, I feel like replaying it, I was like, no wonder I had trouble as a kid because that in itself is like, was like so hard for me, but at least as an adult, I could like try to figure out what's going on and had the notion to grind when I had the chance. Mm -hmm. So I could like at least be a little overleveled every time. Um, There was a moment when um, in Gizmo Luke's Grotto, a lot of people told me, when I beat that boss on my first try, they said that um, a lot of people quit the game at that part because they were not prepared for such a strong boss so so, so early in the game. Oh, yeah. Um, the, there was definitely a memorable one that I almost died and Vivi was the last one standing. And I feel like that was one of the Beatrix fights or like something that she threw on everybody to fight. yeah. It was when my chat, I remember James, you were there. My okay. chat was broken because Twitch chats were like just completely broken across the board. And I remember Nick was there too. And then chat started working again. And Nick's like, oh no, this looks bad. And then so I was like, watch, this will be the finding, final blow. And Vivi's the last one standing. And I actually was just throwing that out of my butt. I actually thought I was going to die. But then he was the last one standing and he did the last blow. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. I that was I definitely that very now. memorable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have seen bits and pieces past where I am, thanks to Zelda's streaming of the game, which is how I got the idea to do this podcast in the first place. <laughs> so yeah. that, it's that's so the cool other reason how, like, I'm okay with spoilers, because I've already seen so many fragments. It's really weird how like I liked it so much that it became my third fave Final Fantasy after 10 and 6. And then through seven to my fourth place category. Because, <laughs> like, as, as I hated it as a kid. But now, I replaying it, I totally un- see on I see why I hated it as a kid. Like, it, it's way different from everything else. You know, everyone's chibi. And I probably was like, wow, why isn't this, like, you know, real-looking people? And why, why are they throwing me into boss battles that I like didn't prepare for um because i played six as an adult so i was that was my first experience doing something like that as an adult yeah and then i uh then so that that kind of mentality kind of prepared me for replaying nine i guess (laughs) so i pushed through it nice so uh, speak now one other thing i want to touch on uh zelda you've cosplayed zidane no, I plan to because um, my friends Lady Zero and um, and Kuja Oni cosplay. They well, Kuja Oni cosplays Kuja, as you can t- uh, you you might guess from his name. Right. Um, and then um, Lady Zero actually used to cosplay Garnet, but she um, she did make Beatrix at some point, but she only took like a couple photos in her studio. I think she's planning to remake it. So, um, but Kuja Oni actually personally asked me if I could be his Zidane um, a couple years ago. And I was like, I still have to replay that. But yeah, sure. Because I actually really wanted to be Aiko as a kid. And, um, um, but I, 
I replaying it, I don't think I would cosplay her. Even I love her so much. I, I love everybody in this game, but I probably will. I so I have three characters I want to cosplay from it: Zidane, Vivi, and uh, Lani. Amarant's oh, little uh, oh. yeah, the partner in crime of uh, Amarant before he changes sides. Yeah, and she's, she's just so cool. Looking yeah. at she the might actually be the first one. Okay, yeah, she fits into your your wheelhouse a little yeah, bit. Yeah, my aesthetic for sure. My my archetype. <laughs> yeah, she's so badass. I want to make that axe. She's just yeah, and especially when he flips sides, it's like she's just like seriously. Yeah. And she's just like, she's I'm so over cool. this. Like she's like, I'm over you now. Goodbye. <laughs> like, she just walks away. And he eventually goes back and joins back up with her. Yeah. Like he because he was spared by Zidane, he's like, I wanna find out what makes you so strong and it's kinda like, dude, it's a Final Fantasy game. You already know the answer. It's the power of love. It's, yeah. it's usually <laughs> what happens. <laughs> Oh, I imagine this gentleman who cosplays Kucha gets a lot of attention at conventions. Oh, yes. It was so funny because Lady Zero is the one that that streams in um with like sh- like he doesn't and she she's the she's the extrovert, he's the introvert in that relationship. <laughs> and so like it's so funny though cuz she has like a cosplay slideshow reel. That's how I got the idea for mine. And some photos are just of him. And she says, like, you know, this is Kuja. Like, it says Kuja and then LZ for her photos. And then when they're together, it's, like, bold. But my, my mod, Jay, she didn't realize that. That that, that was, like, it was um, labeled with that. So she's just like, is that you as Kuja? And Lady Zero's like, no, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> it was just so funny. Because, like, yeah, he's. He looks. They they both are just like really super incredibly talented, especially with makeup. Like, they just look like they're like movies. Movie like they came out of a movie of the games that they cosplay from. It's incredible. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I look forward to you completing at least one of these characters. In the <laughs> next I few just years. can't wait to see it. Honestly, I might do Vivi first just because I have the hat already made because I did that for the stream. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. And it, the day that I debuted it was the same day I made that cosplay slideshow on my on my overlay. And also the same day that I had no idea that Tetra Master was a required thing to do in the game. Because everyone was like, oh, yeah, no, you don't have to play the card game. And didn't tell me that there was a tournament that you have to do it. So I was freaking out. I'm like, I can't do this. Oh, it's a good thing I've and, already started. Uh, and like, so I honestly, I'm so thankful. I had a viewer that I knew from the girl that got me into cosplay. I, 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 I knew him from her channel because she started streaming uh, a couple years ago too. And he would, he happened to be lurking and he was like, do you want me to like discord call you through it? I said, yes. <laughs> I was like so embarrassed. I'm like, this is such a big stream. Like I debuted my VV hat. I have this cool cosplay slideshow on my overlay. And now I'm stuck here, not able to do this required tournament to, to continue the freaking game. And that's a kind of an opaque game. It's so ridiculous. Oh, I was so thankful that he was there to, cause like, and I also got the rebirth ring too, which was oh nice, definitely helped definitely helped everyone learn uh i believe that's auto regen so yeah it's com- yeah it was either auto regen or auto life no it's auto regen you regenerate. Is it regen oh my god yeah that saved regen. my life 
<laughs> that saved my game. Literally, like, I owe everything. Got, yeah. When I got the game, I'm like, okay, this te- the Tetra Master. And I was like, because when I first played the Tetra Master, I'm like, oh, do I have to? And he's like, my friend who whose disc I played off of, because I didn't have a PlayStation, I played it at school. And we used to go to my friend's room. We used to just crash and play it. I'm like, do I have to do this? He's like, trust me, start now. You'll thank me later. I had no idea. Everyone was like, a lot of people in my stream, I think, forgot that you had to do it. Mm-hmm. That's probably what happened. And I but just didn't I know. like thinking about it. I'm like, how did I get past this part as a kid? I wonder. Maybe somebody helped me. Somebody came over to help me. Yeah, because I definitely don't imagine I was able to do it by myself. <laughs> I didn't remember that part at all. Yeah, I just I remember doing it and. My friend was like, just start and learn it now because you will need it later. And I was like, really? He's like, if there's any, and this was really like the per he's like, you, Chrissy, you know, Final Fantasy, they don't put anything in it unless at some point in time, you're going to have a chance to use it later. <laughs> What's fault? <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, oh, okay. And then, you know, and then when we got to that point where you had the card tournament, I was like, okay, I think I can do, like, I could do it. But I'm like, dude, I would have told, like, if I had the choice. Like, I would have totally skipped it. Like, I would have been like, no, I don't need this. <laughs> it's so hard. Like, yes. anything involving cards, I feel like, it, not even just in real life, but also in any game. Like, I can't do, I couldn't do uh, Triple Triad and Eight. I couldn't do Chain of Memories with the card, the, the Kingdom Hearts game with the card system. Oh, I just yeah. can't do it. I think, like, even if it doesn't involve too much math, it's still too much for me. I suck at math, but... Even even if people are like, oh, there's no, there's not much math in it. It's still like there's math. <laughs> it still ruins my brain, regardless. Yeah, I love when people are like, there's not much math involved, and I usually am like, uh huh, right. <laughs> That's what you say. Do you not do you not know what math is? Yeah, it's like, oh, there's not much math, and then like you're happy for the game. I'm like, there's way too much math in this game. Like, there's too much like i add subtract fine you're tr- now you're trying to get me to multiply divide on the fly forget it right like there's somebody who even made um a whole like they programmed this whole thing for final fantasy 10 too because there's like this mini game that involves math that you do have to do a couple things for in the in the actual story to like progress. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it's called. Sphere, sphere something. It's something oh. with the spheres. And there's like, but somebody like programmed it to look like exactly like how it is in the game. And you basically just pause the game and then you go to this thing, you put in all the numbers that the, the screen shows before you hit go. And then it'll do the math for you. So you can like figure it out super fast on the fly and just put it in the game and then win the, win the mini game. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, whoever made this is a genius. (laughs) Whoever made it was like, I'm done with this. (laughs) Yeah. That's another reason why I never did Final Fantasy minigames. Because it's like, if they're not required, hell no. Too much math every time. But Chocobo Hot and Cold. Chocobo Hot and Cold is just spamming the the, the square button. And like, I can do that. (laughs) It'll take a long time, but... And what's interesting is actually the Tetra, Tetra Master game actually became its own legitimate in real life card game oh really yeah apparently someone turned it into an honest to god card game oh cool. that doesn't surprise me in the slightest i do know that at um at KupoCon they do have they do have triple triad for you to play like mm-hmm. every year there's an artist that does like the card artwork and then you could play it at the con 
like you can collect them and stuff as you go around the con. It's really cool with their little scavenger hunt booklet that they give you when you enter. Oh, that's a cute idea. I miss, yeah, I miss KuboCon. It's so much fun. I miss cons in general. <laughs> soon, soon. Really it's so normal. cool. Like I, I can't oh, believe that now soon. we finally have like a Final Fantasy centric con. It, it travels, so it's not always near you, but at least we have one now. Yeah. Well, then that's kind of nice about like there's like almost a con for everything now. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I still want to find out where the the Gargoyles con is. <laughs> Like the the TV show? Yeah, there is an actual traveling gargoyles convention. That's so cool. And I'm just like, I want to find out where that is. I kind of want to, I really want, it's called Gather. It's called The Gathering, Mm. based off of the the two-part episode in season two. So, like I said, when I saw that, I'm like, and there is officially a con for everything now. Yeah. (laughs) Well. Just to put a nice little bow on this discussion of Final Fantasy IX, I do want to mention that it has never been easier to buy this game than it is now because it is on all the platforms. You can get it on Steam, on PlayStation, on Xbox, on Nintendo Switch. I believe it's even available on mobile platforms now. Mm -hmm. Probably, yeah. Yeah. It's... um. The, the, the lowdown of it is, if you're someone who likes stories, and if you're somebody who wants a very deep story with great character development, wonderful backstories, you will not get lost with the story in this game. It's, it sounds com- mm-hmm. more convoluted than it truly is, because they, they really, they don't hit you with everything at once. They give you the clues. So I think it's balanced out really well. Yeah, yeah. and... It's not, you know, I mean, I don't, don't let the card game scare you off. <laughs> maybe, don't. maybe you'll have a friend that can help you through it. Like I, <laughs> there are forums out there. Yeah. Just, just trust me. You have, you, you have, chances are you have a small little computer sitting next to you, you know, known as your phone. Believe me, there are discord channels to help you get through this stuff. Um, <laughs> it is definitely worth it i'm kind of glad you're playing it james because um i think you would really you're gonna really enjoy it once it picks once it starts to truly pick up steam my one suggestion though for switch owners like me this game is a bit of a monster in terms of its game size so if if flash drive space is at a premium like it is for me Import this baby. It is Switch <laughs> is one of the most import friendly consoles of recent times. Grab a physical copy that way, and you are golden. Mm-hmm. Or you know, do it. Do what I did, and just get yourself an, an SD card with a lot of gig, a lot of got of gigs on it, and just pop pop that puppy right in. True. That that also works just as well. So if you can't find a physical copy, just go get just go get. It. I think my remaster is just yeah, it's digital. I didn't get a physical for yeah. PS4, so I, yeah. I but I also have a uh, external. I just like having the, the nice row of game boxes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I should have honestly. I do kind of regret it because I loved it so much. I do kind of regret not have not getting the physical one. But when I got it, it was basically like they announced the remaster and that it was available now for for like a discount it was like 16 dollars. so i was like you know i'm just gonna get it now then because yeah. i've always wanted to replay it <laughs> makes sense to me 
Oh, yeah. works for me too. And then it took like two years for me to actually play it. But at least I, yeah, it was so funny because, yeah, it was like the day they announced that it was available that I was like, well, if it's on sale, I might as well get it now. Oh, yeah. Okay. When we come back from our short break, we will have this day in gaming history, our contact information, and we will wrap this sucker up. Wah-wah. Want to support the Irregulars? Head over to www.patreon.com backslash fc3roc. We're part of the media division of Flower City Comic Con, based in Rochester, New York. We're a nonprofit group. Everything we make off of Patreon and everything else we do goes right back into putting on our future conventions and other events, from reserving the facilities to bringing in guests. If you pledge any amount, even a slim dollar, you will receive improved access to my blog entries, where every Tuesday I go over current video game news and write retrospectives on old-school arcade games, all delivered conveniently to your inbox. There's plenty of other perks and rewards, and if you don't see what you're looking for, reach out to the crew. They'll be happy to work with you. Want to get a hold of us in particular? You can email Christy directly at k-r-i-s-s-i at fc3roc.org and me at j-a-m-e-s at fc3roc dot org. At the moment, we're still working out most social media matters, but we are indeed on Facebook at Gaming Street Irregulars. Chrissy and I are fairly frequently there sharing news and things we find cool, and begging, I mean asking, for your questions and answers to be used in upcoming episodes. Yeah, asking, that's the ticket. We love hearing from you all, whether you have praise, constructive criticism, or just want to share something cool and gaming-related yourselves. Also, wherever you find FC3 on social media, we're usually not too far behind, so if you reach out to them with something for us, they'll get it to us shortly. Legally speaking, all music, sound effects, voice clips, and so on are the properties of their respective owners. We make no claim to them and have no intention of profiting off of them. Please don't sue us. We have nothing you'd want. Welcome back, everybody. And today in gaming history, I found a game that is pretty much the as far from Final Fantasy as you can get, but still on the PlayStation, Blasto. Oh, what? yeah, that is definitely as far from Final Fantasy as you can get. It's basically <laughs> a hero platforming shooter where you're playing this superhero voiced by Phil Hartman. <laughs> What? Yeah. Yeah, Phil Hartman. And this was one of his last roles before his untimely death. And his passing, unfortunately, is what sank Blasto as far as being a franchise. Because Sony had big plans for this character. Well, interestingly enough, they actually re recycled him into Mass Effect. Oh, really? What? Yeah, so... It's interesting um, 
The character of Blasto ends up getting sag- cycled into Mass Effect as a fictional character in the game. And there you actually run across several different images of Blasto throughout the game. It doesn't look like the actual game coverage of the original game. So, so yeah, you'll find pictures of Blasto, a more realistic, stylized version of Blasto throughout Mass Effect. Very interesting. And I'm going to be playing that game at some point. I've got to squeeze time in for World of Warcraft now, too, because we've got that coming up. <laughs> oh, I knew this job was dangerous when I took it. But now you're playing all sorts of games you would not have played otherwise. <laughs> so, Zelda. Uh, remind our uh, listeners where they can find you. So you can find me um, pretty much everywhere uh, with the username SM Zelda Rules. And yeah, Twitter, Facebook, um, Twitch, Instagram. Those are the big ones. And, <laughs> and definitely follow her on Twitch. It is an adorably fun time, <laughs> especially when she's playing Genshin Impact with her friends. Nice. <laughs> with that. We are going to call it a day here on the show. Zelda, as always, you are welcome at our table anytime you want to join. Zelda, it was so awesome to have you back on again. (laughs) We need to definitely bring you on when we do uh, Ocarina of Time. Yes, I love Ocarina of Time, um, Dot Hack, Near, anything like that. Oh, yeah. At least one of those will be coming this year. The Near remaster for the first Near game is coming out soon. Is it? So, yeah. One of my favorite games of all time. Oh, my gosh. Next to Chrono Trigger. After Chrono Trigger is my second fave. So I'm so excited. People will finally understand Automata a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) So on behalf of Chrissy and Zelda, I'm James Irish. Thank you for listening to Gaming Street Irregulars. And as always, game on. Night, everyone. Thank you.